me. What do you mean you don't like Madonna? Oh, I love that song. I saw that band live. <laughs> Penrith doesn't know what's hit them this morning. Mates! Nobody puts Wayne Sunks in a corner. Anyone else need a coffee? Oh, the alarm went off this morning and I was like, time to head to the studio. The 80s were the best days of my life. Yeah, I'll have my coffee black, no sugar, thanks. It's time to wake up with Wayne on My 88. Hello and welcome to the My 88 podcast. My name is Wayne Tunks. This time, we're going back to look at a year. And we're going to look at a year that I think had amazing music. It is 1985, right smack bang there in the middle of the 80s, the decade that we love. Here at My 88, it's all we play. Make sure you tune in. Have a listen on iHeartRadio or check out our website, my88.com.au. But today... I'm going to talk about my favourite songs from 1985 and I'm going to speak to a whole bunch of awesome people and find out their favourite songs from 1985 and why. Let's start with mine. And anybody who has met me possibly just for the smallest amount of time will know that my favourite artist is Madonna. I absolutely love her and 1985 really was her year. I couldn't pick just one song, so I've been greedy and I have picked two songs as my favourite of 1985 and here they are. Yes, I picked Into the Groove and Crazy For You, two amazing Madonna songs. So let's talk about Into the Groove first. It reached one here in Australia as the double A-side with Angel, though I think the one we all remember is Into the Groove, even though Angel is a great song. It also hit number one in many countries, including Austria, Belgium, Finland, Iceland, Ireland, Italy, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, and the UK. It never was officially released as a single in the US, though it did top the dance charts. It was also the soundtrack to Desperately Seeking Susan and was written with her then-boyfriend, Stephen Bray. She says, When I was writing it, I was sitting in a fourth-floor walk-up on Avenue B, and there was this gorgeous Puerto Rican boy sitting across me that I wanted to go out on a date with, and I just wanted to get the song over with. I ultimately did go out with him, and the song was finished just before my last date with him, which I'm kind of happy that it did not continue. Ouch, at least she got the inspiration. Now, Madonna's friend Erica Bell was present during the recording and watched the whole process. In Andrew Morton's Madonna biography, she noted that at one point of the recording, Bray was facing difficulties with the bridge of the song, as the melody thought by him was not syncing with the rest of the composition. Undeterred by his obvious difficulties, Madonna stepped up to the microphone and sang the words, Live out your fantasy here with me. Bray's problems were solved. Belle remembered the experience as the songs seemed to come out of her. I was awestruck. And that is the power of Madonna. Just able to get up there and feel that melody. What a great song. This is one of the songs that is my happy place. I hear it and I'm instantly just feeling great. It is a good song. And it's very different to Crazy For You. Now, Crazy For You, that also was a number one here in Australia. 
It also reached one in Canada and the US. In fact, it achieved something that no other song had in the 80s. Madonna replaced herself at number one. That's right, Angel Into the Groove was at number one, and then Crazy For You replaced that at number one. No other artist in the 80s had done it. The last artist to do that was ABBA. Another iconic artist. But let's talk about Crazy For You. It was another soundtrack song recorded for the film Vision Quest, or Crazy For You as it was known internationally. Film producers John Peters and Peter Gruber, along with the music director Phil Ramone, decided to use Madonna after listening to her previous recordings, employing John Bettis and John Lynn to write the song. After reading the script of the film... The gentleman wrote the song about the situation in which the lead characters met at a nightclub, and Madonna appeared in the film singing this song as well as Gambler. Jellybean was the producer of the records, and it was a challenge for him as previously he was associated with recording dance pop songs only. Initially, Warner Brothers Record did not want the song to be released as a single, since they believed that it would take away the attention from Madonna's second album, Like a Virgin. In the end, though, the producers convinced Warner to release it, and what a great thing it was as it went to number one in important countries. And it also ushered a new musical direction for Madonna, as she had not previously released a ballad as a single. I love both songs. If I had to pick my favourite, it would be Into the Groove, but Crazy For You is just a song I love. I hear it and I just feel very special and wonderful and kind of get a bit jealous that I wish somebody would sing that song to me. (laughs) But it is a fantastic song. In fact, when I did my top 40 songs for my 40th birthday, both Into the Groove and Crazy For You made the list of my all-time favourite songs. Now, I'm probably not going to go into much detail as all the other songs. I'm going to ask people why they picked those songs. So, let's have a chat to some legends and find out what song from 1985 they love most. My first guest this week was on the first episode of the podcast. She must have done well because I've brought her back. It is my good mate and the voice of the 9 o'clock mixtape, Jacinta Moses. Hey! Hi, everyone! Um, so, yes, we get to hear you every morning saying it's the 9 o'clock mixtape on My 88. Yay! Yeah, which is great. Now, Jacinta, 1985, I know you're a big fan. Yes, definitely. I was in year five in 1985. As was I, my friend. As was yeah. I. We just didn't know each other. Yeah, now, we didn't. <laughs> as I often say, you, you didn't invite me to your wedding. I know we yeah. weren't friends, but I'm still upset about the whole thing. I'll invite you to the next one. Okay, sorry, please. Greg. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Whoa, hey, whoa. Uh, Greg, hey, if you're listening, please. I'm sorry. And now, Jacinda, what song did you pick as your favourite from 1985? Um, I picked We Built This City uh, by Starship. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. And I picked it because I just, I love it. I love the song. I don't don't have any, like, concrete memories with it, but it's just, it's a really upbeat tempo and I've always loved it. And I just remember, like, as a, a young person with my twin sister, we'd, you know, do dances to it and learn the lyrics. And every time it came on, you just, uh, it just lifts my heart. It brings me joy. 
did uh, did you build this city on rock and roll? Is the question I, I did. guess we need to know. Yes, yeah. I built uh, it definitely on rock and roll, and some moves to go with it as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now the songwriters were Martin Page and a guy that I think we've all heard of, Bernie Taupin, was one of the writers I, of this. I only discovered that this week. I didn't know that, and I just. Because when you said pick a song from 1985, you know, I looked up some songs and there was a couple of options, but this one was the one that stood out to me. And then I like looked at, looked up the song and I thought, oh my goodness, Bernie Taupin had a uh, played a hand in this song, and I thought that's amazing. I didn't even, I didn't know that. Yeah, and what other songs could you possibly have picked? Uh, there was "Take on Me" by Aha. That oh, was definitely yes, good song. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't. I know there's some Madonna songs in there as well. You, you don't um, have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already covered her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, "Take on Me" by Aha and "We Built This City" were I think the um, the main two that sort of stood out to me. But "We Built This City" came out on top. You know, lots of people clearly liked it because in the charts, didn't do as well in the UK. It got to twelve, but it hit, did hit one in Canada, South Africa, the US, and here in Australia. So lots yeah. of people loved it. But Jacinta, lots of people yeah. hated it as well. I it know. Was, I read. I read that too, and I, that surprised me. And it was. I read it was on the list of you know some of the um, songs that novelty songs and stuff like that, and it's just like. Hate speech, people. Yes. This is a great song. GQ magazine declared it the worst song of all time. Oh, my God. And Rolling Stone uh, readers voted it the worst song of the 1980s, and apparently the margin was very, very large. <laughs> really? Yes. I yes. don't understand it. Like, it's not my favourite song of the 80s, but if it comes on, I can guarantee that I will be singing along. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time it comes on. Like if we're at a party or something and it comes on, we're on the dance floor. Every time it comes on the radio, we're singing it. Even my kids know the song now. And um, I had two friends during COVID who actually filmed a video of them dancing in different locations and sent it to us because they knew we loved the song so much. <laughs> there we go. We built this city on COVID. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I did, I did read that and I thought, People, come on, you've got to love this. Yeah, you've got to love this song. Well, Jacinda, you know what? It is your pick, so we are thankful for that. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. If you listen to my Brecky show regularly, you know I chat to this woman every day. She is my offsider. It is Lily. How are you? I'm going good. How are you going? Oh, better for talking to you. Now, Lily, what song from 1985 did you pick? Well, I picked We Are The World. We Are The World, such a great song. It was the highest selling song in Australia in 1985. So it, it is a good pick. Now, why did you pick it? Because in 1985, I don't know, I just, I loved the song. You know what? All the... All the um, people that were singing um, were all my favourites. So there was Michael Jackson, there was Prince, um, Lionel Richie. There were so many singers there. And, you know, to hear snippets of every single person singing uh, a particular part of that song, I loved it. And um, it was back then when, you know, we were raising money for all those children and all those people in Africa. And that song got the whole world together. And they raised 
so much money. Yeah, they really did. It was very inspiring, and just to seeing the it artists was. give up give up all of their time to to do that and and really yeah. be involved. Yes, I loved it, and uh, still, you know, we play it. We play it on our on my eighty eight, and so when it is played, you know, I sing along. I loved it, and you don't you you never forget the words, and you don't forget what it was all about. And what it was about was uh, raising awareness um, for all those children starving and all the families starving over in Africa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and yes, and it is great to sing along. I think for me, I like doing the Cindy Lauper part best. Yes. Wow, yes. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to everyone for that. <laughs> uh, it was just, yeah, it was just a song that it was, it came out, it was famous, it was a hit, everybody knew it and, um, you know, it just touched everybody's lives, no matter what age, really. Yeah, no. And, and remember, I remember the ads on the TV. You know, the ads on the TV and all those sorts of things, showing showing what this this music and where all the money was going to. Yeah, it was awe inspiring, and I think it was an absolutely perfect choice because you can't think about 1985 music without thinking of "We Are the World" by USA for Africa. Lily, yeah. thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much. My next guest is Richard Mills, who is also my boss. He is the new owner of My 88. Doing a great job. Richard Mills, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure, Wayne. Love having you here. Now, I know you are very passionate about your 80s music. So tell me. I am indeed. What is your favourite song from 1985? Uh Aha. Take on me. Take on me. So the reason I absolutely love that song is I spent eight years in boarding school and the only connection we had with the outside world was the stereo. So all 120 boarders had their all of their radios synced and year 12 I did in 1985 and that song just went crazy. So it was such a, an uplifting, compelling, fun song that you could just, I just, I just see my whole year 12 um, experience based around that song and that's why it means so much to me 34 years later. Wow, so you did that without actually seeing the, that iconic music video. That's exactly right. I didn't see the video till I think it was probably well after I left school. Wow, and because that video makes it even better. Oh, it, it was fascinating, wasn't it? You know, it was the cartoon and then he was leaping into a comic book. It was just incredible. Uh, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, tell me about what that was like growing up in a boarding school in, it was Queensland, yeah, in the 80s. <laughs> do, do you know what? We, I actually went to a fabulous school. We had great people. Um, it was a great experience. I loved every minute of it. Um, you know, we had a great teaching staff. We were very supported. Most of the boys at the school were all boarders that came from either um, Papua New Guinea or the land. So there was a, a decent bunch of camaraderie, not a lot of egos, and uh, just a you know just a great experience. Um, but yeah, you certainly missed out a hell of a lot. And growing up in a family environment was certainly challenging. Yeah. Or I should say challenging later on in life. But um, no, I think it forces you to be very very independent. Um, which can also be a challenge, um, but yes, certainly resilient. But no, I loved it. I loved it. And that's and probably why I'm so passionate about music. I was going to say, and then the background of 80s music to highlight it all. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I was actually working at a radio station a, a number of years ago when we had our 30th reunion, and that week in this radio station up in, it was actually up in, uh, in um, the Sunshine Coast, they actually had an, a 1985 special for the whole week, 
and then I did my, um, we went back to our reunion on that Saturday night. So that was probably one of the best weeks I ever listened to radio until last year when we launched My 88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1st of February when I came on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's when it all started. Absolutely. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me. My next guest on the podcast is a wonderful friend of mine from Melbourne, and she has her own podcast. I recommend checking out Ominous Nonsense. Here is Christina Benton. Hi, Wayne. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. This is a little bit different to Ominous Nonsense. Quickly tell me about your podcast. (laughs) It is a little bit different. Uh, Ominous Nonsense is all about the weird, the eerie, and the supernatural, and a little bit of comedy and silliness shoved in there as well. So not the same as uh, music, but there's music in it. (laughs) I would recommend you have a listen. But anyway, we are talking about 1985 music. And Christina, what is your favourite song from that year? If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free is my favourite song in 1985. And Fantastic. That is a great song. Now, why did you choose it? Well, I was a huge fan of The Police. And um, when. The, the band, not the. <laughs> <laughs> the band. Yeah. Look, The Police are okay. okay. You know, yeah. they do their job. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but um, this was from Sting's first solo album, The Dream of the Blue Turtles. And I don't know what it is. It's got that kind of mixture of, of jazz and a little bit of pop and a little bit of everything and it just makes me feel really happy and I have to dance and sing along every single time I hear it. And Sting has a really unique and wonderful voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And you know it was it was a successful song particularly in North America. So it only mm. reached 18 in Australia, 26 in the in the UK, but it reached 3 in the US. And number six in New Zealand. Hey, oh, because you're, you're a Kiwi. <laughs> I'm a Kiwi, <laughs> we yeah. Can hear, we can hear that accent in there. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. Don't now, go away. Now, do you also like the message of the song, if you love somebody, set them free? 100%. 100%. Possession, meh. If you, if, you, if you want them to come back to you, if you want them to stay with you, you've got to make them feel as if they are free to do as they will. Then you know it's real. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some good advice. Oh, we're talking about music and we're talking about life. Talking <laughs> about life. Should I life? just lay back on the couch here, Christina? <laughs> yes. Well, your time starts now. It'll be 120 to the hour. Thank you. Um, I think we'll finish it right there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be one minute. <laughs> okay. Yes. So uh, you know what? Uh, I, I studied uh, arts at university, so I can't do math. Um, <laughs> Look, me too. Yes. I'm an actor, not a scientist. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, thank you so much for joining us today, and I do think it is a, a wonderful pick. Thank you very much, and enjoy the song. My next guest on the podcast is a very big music fan. Please welcome Mr. Andrew Gorman-Murray. Andrew, how are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for guesting on the My 88 podcast. Now, I know that you are a big music fan, and I know 1985 holds a very special place in your heart for music. It does. I love 1985, and I love music, and I love music from 1985. (laughs) So this is the perfect podcast for you to be on. 
absolutely. <laughs> now, tell me, what is your favourite song of 1985? My favourite song from 1985 is Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Now, why did you choose that song? It's a song that grabbed me as soon as I heard it. So I guess I should talk a little bit about 85. Yes, please. The first year I started to listen to music for myself. I was 11, the year I turned 12. Obviously, as a child, you usually listen to your parents' music. So I listened to a lot of ABBA and Neil Diamond and Glenn Campbell. All fine. There was a lot of music I didn't get to listen to. So, 85 was the first year I got to listen to music that I wanted to from the local radio station. And there are a lot of memorable songs from that year um, because of that. But Running Up That Hill, when I heard it, was a song that just grabbed me in so many ways. And I should say my parents did not like Kate Bush. So, I had no idea at the time about Wuthering Heights or Babushka or (laughs) anything else to do with Kate Bush. (laughs) I just heard this song and the driving beat and where the lyrics and the sound kept building and trying to work out what it was about. It was just captivating in so many ways. And that just drew me further and further into finding out about Kate Bush as well, including songs like Wuthering Heights, which I drove my mother crazy with. But that's fine. <laughs> but it was just such, such a captivating song in terms of the sound and, and the meaning. And then also, of course, I started watching videos and I saw the video. And the video was just stunning. Just this choreographed dance sequence, which perfectly visualized what she was talking about in the song and all these you know, repetitious dance movements, drawing, drawing the bow and arrow and that kind of thing. And that the fact that she wasn't lip syncing in it either. She was interpreting her own song in a different way. Uh, I don't know, that just really struck me at the time as well. Wow, she's she's thinking in so many different ways about how to present her music. Yeah, it really, I don't know, really struck me. (laughs) Now, obviously, I have a lifelong love of Kate Bush and and everything she does, but that that was the song that started it, and the first song I heard from her. And I guess there were other songs in 85 that were kind of similar to me, like like Majeur's If I Was. I thought that was a great song with a really interesting video as well. But um, those kinds of... Yeah, British progressive rock sort of songs. And I just thought Running Up That Hill was the pinnacle. <laughs> it, was, it was the best. And it was a great song. And, and it was uh, possibly her most mainstream release as well. And per se, it did best in America. She only got to 30, but it was her highest ever chart position in the States. Yeah, so crazy that she didn't do better in America in terms of the charts. And she's been so influential in the music industry. So many people cite albums like Hounds of Love and The Dreaming. I mean, so many people in the music industry cite those albums as influential for them, including American musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, and it did well yeah. in, in the UK. It got to three and it got to six here in Australia. Not her highest song here in Australia, but certainly did very well here. Yeah, yeah, as it should. <laughs> <laughs> of, course, of course, I wanted it to go to number one. But yeah. <laughs> 
And I think that there's an interesting story behind the song as well in the fact that she wanted to call it a deal with God, but because her last album hadn't gone as well, her record company pressured her to calling it Running Up That Hill. I actually think the title works really well as it is. And again, I didn't know anything about the, uh, the deal with God title until much later in my life. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, it makes sense. It's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's, it's an interesting story with her, like debating with her producers and, and yeah, music companies about what song to release or not release. And sometimes she got it right, sometimes they got it right. <laughs> you know, like she wanted Wandering Heights as the first song from the Kitchen Side. And yeah, that was definitely the right choice. But apparently, a record company wanted the Bush Girls, the first single from Never Forever. And she wanted Breathing, which I think is a fantastic. Song. But yeah, the Bushker is definitely the song with hit written all over it, and they got that right. <laughs> definitely, and it was a big hit here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, Andrew, yeah. thank you, thank you so much for chatting to us today about Kate Bush. I really, really do appreciate it. And 1985, great year, and I think that that's a really great way to finish off the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Love talking about Kate Bush. Thanks so much for listening in. Remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, you can rate and review. Make sure you do subscribe so every fortnight you get the My 88 podcast. And remember to listen to my brekkie show every weekday morning, Sydney time, 7 to 10, where I have lots of great chat about music as well as the legendary 80s tunes. I'll catch you again next episode. This is My 88. Tongues out.